team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and services. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! Mark Bickley, Studio Lumo podcast. We are back. I'm looking over Mount Wellington in Hobart. I'm looking forward to coming home, to be honest. I really miss my family this trip. So mm, It's I'm, been, I'm, yeah. been a tough one, hasn't it? You've been to Cairns for a couple of nights. Yeah. You've been down to Tassie. And yeah, made someone upset at the airport on Thursday with one little stint, little little flyby in the middle as you passed Adelaide. <coughs> so um, yeah, it'd be nice to get home, I'm sure. Well, well, my bag was left in Cairns, and I said to the woman at the desk, "I'm like, well, how are you going to compensate that?" They left twelve suitcases in Cairns, the airline mm. that I won't name, Jetstar, and they uh, were quite rude about it and I said to the woman so if my house keys are in my suitcase are you going to compensate me for the locksmith that I have to pay to get around to my house to let me in and she's like oh, I'm really sorry sir I mean there's not much I can do and I'm like no that's fine but right now you're a representative of the business which has effed up my life mm. I didn't say that I didn't swear but mate gee we oh. sounded pretty pretty upset what did you want her to do come around and break your window and let you in your house like I don't know mate maybe it's not her fault Maybe just put my bloody bag on the plane. Well, get, that probably could be a start. I get that, but nobody plans to inconvenience you. And then this yeah, poor see, lady's this is at the, the thing, other no, end of the, the line. Thing about, no, I, I completely disagree with you. I, I am allowed to mm. feel the way I feel mm. because I also was in a hurry to pick up my daughter from school. Yep. And I'm like, don't tell me how to feel, Jetstar. Don't tell me it's going to be okay. There's not much we can do. Like, empathize. Show empathy. Validate mm. my feelings, you jerks. <laughs> so what... What would have pacified you at that time? If they said... Chuck it on the next flight. Chuck it on a Virgin flight. Put it on a Qantas flight. Get it here now. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. And and guess what? You're not going to fly Jetstar anytime soon again, are you? I don't suppose. No, I think I'm flying them tomorrow, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, hey, vote, the other thing... <laughs> uh, I was going to say, vote with your feet. It, be a man of no, principle. That's ridiculous because you vote with your wallet. And when you travel now, that's all you have to do. So um, I, I told you last week, or maybe I didn't, I, I've got a wonderful T-shirt from um, a store in Melbourne, which has Michael Jordan on the back of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you may have seen me wearing it. It's like a Wheaties long sleeve T-shirt with a retro Michael Jordan on the back of it. And at the basketball last week, one of the, the lead dancers at the dance crew said, mate, your T-shirt's stuffed. And I had a look at the print on the back. And the print is a little bit damaged, so it looks like basically uh, I've chucked it in the dryer and the pattern on the back is a bit ripped. So I'm holding it up to the camera now. Can you see that? Yeah, I can see that. It's a bit ripped. So she said, I've got one at home and mine's not like that. Mate, this is ridiculous. So I got really upset because I really like that long sleeve top. Mm. It's a limited edition one. Thankfully, that night, so I'm talking last Saturday night, I went onto the website of the store and they had some left. And they were $30, like massive discount. So I bought a handful of them, got them delivered to my house. I'm so excited. Anyway, my wife messages me yesterday saying your order's arrived. And I thought, this is wonderful. Because what I'd done at home is the one which was ruined, I cut the sleeves off and turned it into a gym singlet. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yep. No problem. Hey, no problem. Yeah. Hey, no problem, brother. <laughs> so then my wife messages me and she says, I've got your stuff here. I say, great. Can you just take a photo of it for me? And she sent back a laughing emoji. And I said, what's so funny? She said, the tops are supposed to have that pattern. 
So I didn't realise that that was actually the pattern it was supposed to have. So I've bought six more of them (laughs) and I didn't even need one of them. You haven't cut the sleeves off the other one yet, have you? Nope. Oh, thankfully. That would have been embarrassing. I've got six now and I don't know what to do with them. What size? Too big for you. (laughs) You reckon? Might be a bit tight around the belly for me. Oh, it's so, so flat. What are you going to do? So Six flat. tops? Put them on eBay? Maybe sell them no, for 35 I, just, I might do what you do and just rotate one daily. <laughs> and just have the one T-shirt that I wear. Yeah, well, yeah. I think people would notice if it's like a limited edition Jordan one as opposed to a black T-shirt that I wear. Got something else for you because the other one I can't say. It's a bit offensive, so I won't say that. Um, so let's do this one. I was asked at dinner last night this question and it caused massive debate. It caused mass debate last mm, night. Mm-hmm. This is the question, and I'm looking forward to your answer. Mark Bickley, who is more wise, David Attenborough or the Queen? Vale. I'm going to go with David Attenborough. Why? Um, I just think his is a more noble cause. Like, I still have an issue with the protection of Prince Andrew in terms of he's been um, asked to sort of answer some uh, questions and inquiries, and yet he uses his position in the monarchy to be able to sidestep some of those questions. Okay. So and and in, in effect, that is being enabled by the Queen or was being enabled by the Queen. Once again, it's a, I have huge respect for her as a servant and yeah, what she's done. you just need to pick one. It's, it's mm. fine. Let me follow it up with this. It's three-quarter time. You're down by five goals. Who's going to give the most inspirational speech, David Attenborough or the Queen? Oh, David Attenborough. Without a shadow of a doubt, his voice is iconic. All right. Well, that's it. That, that wasn't that hard for me. You found that difficult, did you? I didn't overthink it, but I just said the Queen. Really? Which, Why? Yeah. What was your What was your logic? Because David Attenborough's just like a beefed up Steve Irwin. Oh, I think he's a little bit different. What's he going to bring a lion into the pre-match chat? <laughs> Say, hey guys, raw. Well, no, he might be talking to the Lions and he might be able to make a point about... Yeah, but the, the Queen can probably go, hey, you see that the bloke over there that looks like Marge Simpson that's wearing the big fluffy hat? Shoot him! Shoot him! <laughs> kick, kick the goal or I shoot you. So it could be as simple as that. No, no. I'm happy with David Attenborough. You can be happy with the Queen. What about the King? You happy with the King? No. no. Mm. Hasn't quite got sort of captured the imagination like the Queen did. Mm. Well, I think it's a good chat. Now, um, I'd like to ask these questions on the podcast. I think I need a nap. Bit of a fireside chat there. Just went down a cog. What's um w- game tonight? The Diamonds? Diamonds are playing South Africa tonight. What about this? The Diamonds pump them and then a South African player won player of the match. That is so bizarre. Anyway, so then tomorrow I check out of the hotel at ten o'clock and then fly out at six thirty p.m. So, so we have day to kill. we have one more of, of this yeah, yeah. doing our show. I'm looking at you on a computer, and then you'll be yeah. within a day you'll be back sitting opposite me, which will be great. 
I might head to Mona tomorrow and look at the vagina wall, um, which is at the Museum of Modern Art. Mm. What's the what's um, the acronym Mona stand for? Hey, <laughs> Mona. I think it's Craig McLaughlin. Check one too. <laughs> no. Is it an acronym or is it just the name? Is it just Mona? Can you can, can you? Oh, can I'll I give ask you, David Attenborough. Can I give you that as homework to find out? Yeah, the name of Mona, what it means. Yeah, but when you give me tasks, I do them straight away. Well, I'm, we're yet to see. We'll, we'll come back tomorrow and on our podcast and discuss, and you can give us an in-depth description of how the name Mona was arrived at for this. As in the place in Tassie? Tassie. Okay. Oh, you're Googling it now. Yeah, he grew up, um, the guy who invented it grew up in a suburb just down the road from Mona. That's all I've got so far. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's no, homework. Museum of, Museum of Old and New Art. That's what it is. So, Museum, Museum of Old, New Art. Old, New Art. Mona. Yeah, then it should so be. So, it's Mona. an acronym. Mm. Yeah, it's an acronym. Moana. Anyway, this has been great. <laughs> <coughs> Moana, make way. Uh, we had a good chat today to uh, Tim Payne, who is also in Tasmania at the moment. We also... Um, had a wonderful conversation with two first names, Cam Luke, and he spoke about the NBL, the NFL, the NBA. We did On The Mark. We had a very good listening to you about um, Simon Goodwin and Gary Pert. So there's a lot. Um, so I guess, oh, have you got something? I was just going to say, just repeating, if you want to listen to that interview in full, you can mm. go to sen.com.au. And there's a podcast there with it, uh, with the whole interview there. So if you're a podcast inception, Bix, uh, if you want to listen to the podcast, listen to the podcast. Mm. <laughs> it's only on the podcast to listen to the podcast. Well, I'm just pointing people in the right direction. Some people have been asking on the text line. So if one person's interested, I'm sure there's others that may be wondering, hmm, I wonder how I listen to that in full. Yeah. Well, um, have a great day. Yep. You too. Love you. Bye. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! It is a very good morning to you. Happy Tuesday. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Thanks to Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Mark Bickley, I should be honest once again, you are in Studio Lumo, looking delightful this morning. I am in another part of Australia, only for a few more days, so I'm looking forward to seeing you. Welcome. How was your weekend? Yes, good morning, Jared. Uh, you're in Tasmania, is where is that correct? You're following the uh, the diamonds around Australia? Yes, I am. They had a game uh, the other night or the other afternoon, Sunday afternoon against South Africa, and they were outstanding again. So it's a bit of a dead rubber tonight at my State Bank Arena where they get to play the Proteus again. Um, it was one of those things that I suggested to you on Thursday that hopefully Matilda Garrett would get the opportunity mm -hmm. to play for the Diamonds, and she's played two now, which is awesome. So um, it's been really good, and it's been fun to get back to Tasmania. I'll tell you a very unique story in a moment but it, mate it's not about me it's about you what did you do on the weekend <laughs> what did i do across the weekend just really busy actually lots of sport that went on uh caught up saw that cracking world cup game stayed up late and watched the uh australia v new zealand game um didn't have any intention of watching it too as late as i did but 
just so brave, the New Zealanders, and they just they went right down to the last ball. And uh, in the end, it was a huge run chase, but couldn't quite get there. So the Australians are looking good on the back of Travis Head coming back into the side. Um, we do the, the whole Halloween thing. So across the weekend, we did a bit of uh, decorating of the house and having a bit of fun with the kids. So tonight's going to be a big night. There'll be people trampsing through our front yard uh, as we give them lollies and, and have a bit of fun. So that took up a bit of time. But yeah, what about you? You you, you do Halloween at all? Yeah. So I, I, I did briefly speak with you about this last week. What are you dressing up as tonight when kids come to your house? Are you going to put your premiership Guernsey on that no, you found? Or no, what are you going no. to wear? I don't know. I just thought maybe I would... Um, yeah, just sort of, I don't know, just look at them, you know, with my old crinkly face. That might scare them enough if they're young enough. They, um, I don't know. I, I'm not a real dresser-upper. I leave that. My wife dresses up every year. I'm just sort of, I'm the background Boring. I'm the background guy, yeah. So the kids have a lot of fun. I just make sure, we have a few friends, friends around, just make sure everyone's well watered, well fed. That's my role. And that no one steals anything. It's just, I've got an eagle eye. Do any of your friends dress up? Because you're coming across like um, you're really boring, to be honest with you. I mean, embrace it, mate. We've just got a text from Callum on the text line, 0427, um, 0427154166, saying, Jared, you're missing Halloween, and I am, and I'm upset about it. I'm still mm. going to try and dress up tonight at the, so, so, okay. the netball. What are you going to dress up as? Well, I can go from um, the Grim Reaper from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey because I I look like him. I basically look like every bald guy there is. Um, right. I have a wolf costume. You could so go I'm going to find a costume tonight um, for the Australian Diamonds, mate. If you're going to, you can't just say, "Oh no, I'm just on the back door guy." I just give people water and make sure they're <laughs> hydrated. I think you're just afraid to have fun. I'm not giving them water. Let me tell you, my friends. Um, I'll probably dress up in something black. Maybe get some. Makeup, get some some pale makeup. Just so it looks like I'm dead. I don't have to do. You don't much. need pale yeah, makeup. Exactly. I'll give you the hot yeah, tip, mate. A bit like you. Yeah, I thought you might go as a skeleton. <laughs> well, I, I could. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, okay. Yeah, oh, we we can. If you got any suggestions of what Mark Bickley can dress up as for Halloween, please send him in via the text zero four two seven one five four one double six. Where are you? Thanks to Morn Team Kia for family cars at Port Adelaide. So can I tell you quickly about my Tasmania experience? Yes, please. So I arrived on Saturday and I eventually got my bag because um, my bag was left in Cairns. So I was a little bit disappointed about that. I managed to go to Sports Day on Friday for my daughter, which was absolutely brilliant, um, and then made it to Hobart on Saturday. And it's very nostalgic for me because I grew up in Tasmania. I, I was in Tasmania until I was 15 years of age. And one of the most beautiful things about Tasmania is it's basically the same. It, not much has changed in the 25 <laughs> or so years since I've been back. Um, to to go to the arena where the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers play in the NBL is brilliant. Like they're really getting around this NBL team. Mm. Um, I had a look actually yesterday about uh, where specifically they're thinking of putting this stadium yeah. if it all gets up for the AFL to team. Mm. So to to have a look at that there, but also I'm thinking about things constantly of. Is there enough people here to to really support a Tassie team? And is this location good enough? So the, the location where it is going to be is where they're currently having the, the Royal Hobart show. So that's on at the moment. Um, and then I thought, okay, so I am just going to go to a cafe and have some food. 
and I don't really keep in touch with anybody that I grew up with or went to school with in Hobart. Like, nobody. The first person I see in Tasmania to have lunch was the owner of the cafe who said, Jared? Jared Walsh? It was a guy I literally went to school with who was the owner of the cafe. And that's so... It's so Tasmania to go through that experience. So, there's a lot of nostalgia at the moment, Mark Bickley, and I'm I'm loving it. Um, I did run into a couple of people from um, SEN... Uh, here in Tasmania. So we're going to speak to Tim Payne this morning, actually, which is weird because I could just go to the studios there. and But I thought I'd just stay in my hotel room, to <laughs> yeah, be honest. Not? So it's been, yeah, it's been really nice being here, to be honest. I've really enjoyed it. So I'm, I want to get back to the uh, the cafe owner who you went to school with. Now, yeah. was he someone who was cool and didn't talk to you or were you cooler than him and didn't talk to him? Why, no. why, haven't, why haven't you stayed in touch? Well, I didn't really stay in touch with anybody that I went to school with. And he, why not? There was because no, you, there got, was nothing... you got famous and you didn't want to sort of mix with those people anymore? Is that what you're saying? Well, he actually got famous because he ended up going on MasterChef. Oh, really? So it was pretty, pretty strange um, <laughs> to, to see that. But, you know, there was nothing like social media back in my day, Mark mm. Bickley. So we didn't really stay in touch. But it was it was wonderful to do that and also to have so many memories of sport here in Tasmania. Went past the old North Hobart Oval the other day. My hotel, one side of it is looking at, at Bill Reeve. So um, it's, yeah, it's a really wonderful time to be here. Tasmania's such a, a beautiful place and a beautiful part of Australia. Um, it, it's hard to get here. It's really hard to get here. They've got two baggage carousels at the airport. So you basically, if there's four planes, you've got to wait for about half an hour to get your bags. <laughs> it's very, very uh, dated in that sense. So there's mm. beauty. But I'm just saying that, look, with all due respect to the Apple Isle, if the AFL team gets up and you're trying to recruit players from Victoria or South Australia to move to Tasmania, they need to be prepared for the quiet life. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's right. That's part of the seller, right? don't fly them down to try and give the sell job. They're, maybe they're the ones that want anonymity, uh, maybe they just head down for a bit of a quieter lifestyle. works for Geelong. Um, I'm keen to look at the, uh, since we spoke last, which was sort of late last week, lots going on in the world of sport, of course, uh, the Adelaide Football Club got over the line in a last gasp win. Uh, Adelaide United, amazing result. Talk to me about that, mm. Jared. Six nil. Well, I was watching this on my phone the other night and it was just absolutely outstanding. We'll talk more about it a little bit mm. later on because um, the Reds are my nomination for who's making a difference. Um, so we, we'll get to that. But it was it was brilliant. If you think about what the Reds have done in their first two games, Ooh. they've beat the two grand finalists with an aggregate of 9-0. Yeah, it's just... Which is ridiculous. Incredible. <laughs> Didn't mention the Matildas who also went on a, a goal-scoring spree. So... Uh, so much good news. 36ers, um, their result. So there's just lots going on. Unfortunately, I can't say the same about the Redbacks. They uh, they collapsed in their second innings and went down. Port Adelaide, unfortunately, lost. But, yes, yeah, so much to talk about across a busy weekend of sport. We are in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Bix, we're all about positivity here, but I think we should start this morning, this Tuesday at 11 minutes past six, with a little bit of a dig. Let's do our dig. I feel like you're trying to get a controversial statement out of me, but you're not getting that out of me. It's, it sucks. A new intro there. That's Draymond Green talking about mm. the uh, media. So he's having sucks. a dig there. Um, I would like to give a dig because we were talking about the uh, A-League before. Mm. Mm-hmm. And by the way, before you dig, lodge a free inquiry online. Don't dig blind. Search before you dig every time, byda.com.au. 
the people who schedule the A-League men's competition, I'd like to have a dig at them. This game was supposed to be on Saturday night. Cooper Stadium, Saturday night, Melbourne City, Adelaide end up winning 6-0. Because Melbourne City were playing in the Champions League, they had to travel to Thailand to play. And the schedule was changed only with a couple of weeks' notice, so it could accommodate Melbourne City coming back. They went and trained um, at a local football club in South Australia where, coincidentally, there was a wedding happening at the the function room at that venue. So they were having photos with the bride and the groom and everything, all wonderful. If this game was not moved to Sunday, I wouldn't have missed it. And thank you to the A-League fixturing. I missed one of the great nights of South Australian football at Cooper Stadium. Over 10,000 people there, six goals. Musa Toure, the youngest of the Toure brothers, gets to score his first goal as a red, and I miss it all. And I hold the A-Leagues solely responsible for my unhappiness, mixed with a little bit of happiness over the weekend. There is my dig. Oh, there you go. I'm going to have a dig. Now, normally when I have a dig, it sort of makes me a little bit angry. But uh, this dig, I'm not angry whatsoever because it's about England and their World Cup form. This is the worst defence of a title that I can remember. They've won one game, and on the weekend again, they were embarrassed. They played India. They lost by 100 runs. They were bowled out in 34 overs. It has been nothing short of an absolute debacle. Next game, they've taken on the Aussies, which isn't going to get any easier because Australia look like they're in good form. So uh, there'd have to be an inquiry into what has gone on at England because it has just been an absolute disaster of a tournament for them and doesn't look like getting any better. Been very good for us though as supporters of the Australian team to see Johnny Bairstow stuff it up again which has been outstanding so we should say as much as we're having a dig thank you England for providing us some happiness throughout this tournament as well (laughs) alongside the Australians. Um, Please before you dig lodge a free inquiry only online don't dig blind search before you dig online every time byda.com.au it is 14 minutes past 6 what we like to do every morning is get you to call us on the phone 1300 736 736 let's do this hello Okay, so Mark Bickley, we have a Signet Boost power bank to give away. It's going to keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. You call, you win. It's as simple as that. Call us right now, one 736 Give us a buzz. You can talk about anything. Call up. You win. Give us a buzz. It is 14 minutes past six on SENSA. Good morning. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 19 minutes past six on SENSA Breakfast. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Uh, We're going for partly cloudy with a top of 19 degrees today. So, Bix, that is not going to dampen your trick-or-treating spirits. I've just had a look on socials this morning. You can follow us on social media and... Your wife, Tori, has already started posting Halloween stuff, so she's really really carrying the load of your family where you need to lift, (laughs) you need to talk about scary things, and I think, um, again, if you've got any suggestions of 
what Mark Bickley can dress up for for Halloween. 0427-154-166. We are going to speak to Cam Luke a little bit later on today, our very own and NBL analyst, to talk about where the NBL is sitting at the moment and what things look like for the Adelaide 36ers who... We're in dire straits until the weekend when they defeated New Zealand in New Zealand, which is really good. They're playing away against the Perth Wildcats, who are in dire straits. The Perth <laughs> Wildcats are struggling at the moment, big time. So a winnable game for the 36ers. And also uh, a little bit later on this morning, uh, just after 8 o'clock, we'll catch up with Tim Payne to talk about the Australian cricket team. Um, Tim Payne had a little bit to say, actually, Bix, about where we are at at the moment as the uh, Australian cricket team and what the World Cup looks like. The most impressive thing about this was Travis Head coming off a spell. Uh, he said himself he'd had two hits in the nets. So um, extraordinary skill level to walk out uh, against a high-quality attack and hit the middle of the bat from ball one. Um, as you said, I think he's become our most important batter in all three forms now. So it's credit to him. Um, and, you know, to have him back in the side as we build towards the back end of the tournament where you want and need to be playing your best cricket, uh, we're starting to look pretty good. Mm, yeah, um, can't wait to speak to Tim Payne. But how about the transformation of Travis Head? You don't have to go back too far to think he was left out of the first test in India. And since that time, he's come back in and there. Tim Payne has described him as the most important batsman for Australia in all three forms of the game. He's, he's, um, the way he struck the ball on, uh, what was it, Saturday night, it was just phenomenal. He top scored in that game uh, 389 runs. <laughs> I'll mm. tell you what, the runs are phenomenal. I know there's some short boundaries in, in um, India, but it was just uh, it was a great game, great setting, uh, and yeah, he is uh, looking really good at the moment. Travis Head, none are going to get better. Be really interested to get Tim Payne's opinion on Alex Carey too. The squad was released for the India series, and Alex Carey's name wasn't there, so Matthew Wade will go in to skip a Josh Inglis, a Josh Inglis part of that team too. So Alex Carey with the the white ball is out of favour at the moment, so maybe he just focuses on um, the Test team. Uh, Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth of seventy thousand dollars. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November twelve, and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. We'd love to have a chat to you this morning. One three hundred seven three. It's 22 past 6. Good morning. Tyre Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 28 minutes past six, Tire Power is Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Uh, Bix, just before we head to the news, we are going to hear from Simon Goodwin this morning, who has had a chat to SEN over in Victoria. You've had a bit of a listen to some of the things he's had to say. It's it's quite interesting listening. Can you give us um, a couple of words to describe your initial reaction after hearing what some of the key figures at Melbourne had to say? Yeah, so Gary Pert and Simon Goodwin sat down uh, with Gary Lyon and, and Sam Edmund. And they it was a sort of wide-reaching interview where they covered lots of topics. So we'll pick some of the uh, the interesting parts about it out. But it was it sort of – they're basically saying, we're going to open the club up. We can say all we like. We can – you know, words are cheap and we can reassure everyone. They've sent a letter to all their members. But he said – basically said, our culture, we want to put it on display and we want you to be the judge. So – it was almost like an in, invitation to people to come down and observe and tell us what they see at Melbourne. But um, very, very interesting. 
Yes, after the news, we have a sports update and we'll let you know about some of the player movement from the Port Adelaide Football Club and the Adelaide Crows. And Bix, I will open your eyes to a very unique and almost sad statistic for the Port Adelaide Football Club and one of the players who is no longer a part of their setup for 2024. I'm going to leave you to think about that, mm, all right? Okay. More Team Kia for family cars at Port Adelaide. It is 29 minutes past six. We'll be back after the news. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 27 minutes to 7 on SENSA Breakfast. We're in studio Lumo Energy from an Australian-owned company. That is Lumo SA, still to come on the show. Uh, we are going to be hearing from, as you mentioned, Mark Bickley, Simon Goodwin and Gary Pert from the Melbourne Football Club. They are going to be discussing everything ranging from culture to Clayton Oliver to Joel Smith to Simon Goodwin's personal life. There's a lot to break down, and we'll do that at about 10 to 7 this morning. We'll speak to Tim Payne about the Australian cricket team. Dracos on the text line. The Aussies are more than ready to dominate the World Cup. Thank you, Dracos. Uh, And also Cam Luke about the NBL. But I reckon it's time we went into our sports update. Mark Bickley, no matter your club colours, Balfazar for the game. What do you got for us? Yeah, well, a spirited Afghanistan have upset another side, beating Sri Lanka by seven wickets to continue their memorable 50-over World Cup campaign. They're now sitting fifth after six matches, which is a fantastic effort. That is uh, well done by them. They are fast losing the uh, minnow tag. In tennis, Alex Dimonor has maintained his hold over former world number one uh, Andy Murray, driving the Brit into a fit of rage with a superb comeback win at the Paris Masters. Murray smashed his racket in frustration after Dimonor made it six wins from six against the ex-Wimbledon and US champ. Uh, we move down now uh, to basketball. Steph Curry had 24 points with four three-pointers down the stretch. That's the Golden State Warriors. Got them home to victory, 106-95 over the Houston Rockets. And my boys, uh, Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets, they rolled past the Oklahoma City Thunder, 128-95, to which is great. Aussie star Josh Giddy had nine points. Um, what do you have? Nine points. On four of 13 shooting for the Thunder, Trey Young scored 20 points to lead eight players in double figures. And Red Bull triple world champion Max Verstappen has become the first Formula One driver to take 16 victories <laughs> in a season. What are you laughing just at? Just hold on, sorry. You just randomly said, and Trey Young scored 20 points to lead eight, play, eight plays in double figures. Trey Young plays for Atlanta, so that's the, the game afterwards. No, you didn't. Sorry about that. <laughs> It was it, oh, unbelievable. Yeah, sorry about that, everyone. It's like, like you saying, and it was an outstanding game where Travis Boak had 42 possessions, Taylor Walker kicked five goals, and also Jack Gunston kicked two. <laughs> like, it's a completely different game. Sorry. I was just looking at this another bet. There's, there's so much more there, and I thought, you know what, I'll just get out of that pretty quickly. I'll just, just cut that down. Once again, I don't portend to be a uh, an NBL 
or an NBA uh, aficionado. Sorry, portend. Mm. What portend? What is this word? I, I don't. You know, I'm just saying. I don't. Uh, I'm not portraying myself as an expert. Is what I'm saying. Okay, but what does portend mean? I'll give you the. I'll, I'll just, just explain it, it to you. Google it. See if it's in the correct context. I hope it is. Be a sign or warning that something is likely to happen. Mm. Yeah, not quite right. <laughs> Jeez, I'm going well, aren't I? <laughs> I shouldn't. Pre- maybe I shouldn't pretend. That's a better word, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, sorry, Bix. Continue with this sports update. Uh, Red Bull, I just mentioned Max Verstappen. He's won 16 victories this season uh, when he mm. got the, uh, the the win at the Mexico City Grand Prix. Uh, as as amazing as that is, it is a killer for the sport because I love the Grand Prix. And when it's interesting and there's different teams vying for top spot and they're uh, there's a different winner each race. I'm really interested in it right now. I'm not, my interest levels have waned considerably because it just Red Bull are so far superior of the other teams. It's just it's not really a contest, and that's what we love in sport is the contest. And right now we're not getting it. Mark Bickley, uh, can I play you something from the weekend if we're doing our sports update? No matter your club colours, Balfour's are for the game, and that is. Harry Kane. So mm. we, we all talk about what's happening with Ange Postacoglu at the moment and how much he is loving being at Tottenham. Actually, while I'm talking about Ange, let's have a listen to Ange and how much he loves being part of Tottenham and sitting at the top of the Premier League table. Then I'll talk about Harry Kane. Dreams last as long uh, as they do, mate, till somebody wakes you up. So we'll just see. I enjoy every day of it and... Uh, you know, I want the players to enjoy every day of it, not because we're top of the table, because we're we're living the dream, mate. You know, we're 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 playing for a fantastic football club. We get to do what we love, and uh, you know, the rest of it is is about honouring that responsibility that's been bestowed upon us. Um, so, what's important is that we're giving our supporters some joy and some belief and some hope, and yeah, you know, that's what football clubs are there for. Mm, how good is it? He's just riding the wave at the moment, but I can promise you at some stage when it turns, you know, a little bit less successful, mm. the headline will be Ange's dream turns into a nightmare. <laughs> now that he said yep. we're living the dream, that has been logged and that is ready to go for some headline maker somewhere uh, in London for sure. But anyway, we hope it continues uh, that a 2-1 win over Crystal Palace, which was great. That was on Saturday. Uh, so, yeah, we hope that uh, it just keeps rolling on. They sit at the top of the table at the minute. So they farewelled Harry Kane, who is the player that has led the way, won the captain's armband for England for longer than I can remember, and he left Spurs and ended up going over to Germany to play for Bayern Munich. So there was these discussions whether Harry Kane should be going over to Real Madrid or go to Bayern Munich. Well, he's, he's proving... Um, his worth to the Bayern fans because he scored 12 goals in nine appearances, including replicating David Beckham over the weekend by scoring from the halfway line in an 8-0 drubbing over their opponent. Let's have a listen to the commentator. And Kane is going to go for it. Has he beaten Joanne? Oh, I don't believe that. It was extraordinary for a number of reasons. One, the presence of mind, you know, he just received a pass, literally took one step and 
summed up the situation so amazingly. And then he, he hit it from behind the halfway line, but it was enough to clear the, uh, the keeper. And, it, you know, it was about six inches below the crossbar. So it was amazing hit. But the thing that when I watched it again from behind the goals, I'm not sure whether the goalkeeper was on drugs or what he was doing, but he was outside of his box by about 15 yards or 15 metres when, when Kane received it. So it was an obvious thing to be able to do. Why would he be so far away from his line? I just could not comprehend it. So I'm Yeah, what wasn't a good weekend for goalkeepers, <laughs> certainly, especially if you're playing against Adelaide United too. Um Bix, so we are focusing on AFL at the moment now. Let's mm. turn our attention to that. Uh Exerbia South Australia's premier outdoor retailer. So yesterday or over the past twenty four hours, Port Adelaide and Adelaide made what looks like their final list changes before the draft. Did you want to go through them? And then I can tell you this fun fact, which isn't really that fun if you're a Port Adelaide supporter. <laughs> okay. Um, so Port Adelaide uh, made some changes. So it, it looks like uh, Scott Lysette is going to retire. So they've come out and uh, Port Adelaide Ruckman Scott Lysette has indicated he plans to retire. So, so that's interesting. One, because there's still some Melbourne clubs saying they're keen to have him uh, play on. So he's got some mm. choices to make, but it's looking like he's going to go that way. Orazio Fantasia, we know, has gone to Carlton. I'm keen to talk about Orazio. And if you're a Port fan, do you feel a bit flat? Because it's come out that Port Adelaide offered him a deal, but I suspect they offered him one year. Carlton offered him two. So after supporting yep. him through what has been an injury-riddled uh, three-year tenure at Port Adelaide. Did he owe them any loyalty to repay them for their for what they'd done for him over the last three years? I'm just not sure about that. So I'm keen to hear what Port Adelaide fans think. And Ruckman Sam Hayes has been delisted. Uh, that was announced yesterday. And Jake Pasini has also been axed despite having a year to run on his contract. Now, that is unusual, isn't it? That you have a year to run on yeah. your contract and uh, they've said thanks, but no thanks. So there the list changes there. Okay, so Scott Lysette, Mark Bickley. Mm. I did some research last night alongside one of our keen listeners to SENSA, Source. Yes. You've read text from Source and you've seen videos and photos of Source. Um, so Source gave a really interesting statistic last night and he, he updated it this morning that Scott Lysette is the last Port Magpie to play for the Port Adelaide Football Club. So that's it. So Scott Lysette is the last Port Adelaide magpie that came from the Air Peninsula Zone slash Academy and then played in the Sandful for the magpies Mm -hmm. um, and then was drafted. So that was last night. And then Source has done a little bit more research. There's one left now in the AFL, one Port magpie left in the AFL, and that is Sean Lemons, who's at the Gold Coast Suns. So basically... um, Lysette is the last magpie that will ever come from Port's country zone on the Air Peninsula, which is where, like, Sam Gray came from. Um, it's it's quite sad for Port fans because they've always had that magpie-slash-power connection hmm. um, going through those zones. What's stopping a young top-up player being drafted to the magpies, uh, from, from the magpies to the Port LA Football Club? A la... It's just unlikely. I'm just saying it's unlikely. I thought you said he was the last. That sounded pretty definite to me. So it's unlikely that we'll ever see another one, is what you're saying. Because Lockie Murphy did that with the Adelaide Football Club. Missed out on being drafted, come mm. over, played uh, as a train-on player or a top-up player, and then was able to work his way into Adelaide's rookie list and then onto their list and finishing in the 
top half a dozen in the best and fairest. So still potentially possible, but as you said, highly, highly unlikely from here, which is a little bit of history, isn't it? And and absolutely, definitely the last player from the Air Peninsula country zone, which is now, is that Norwood's zone now? I think it is. I think Norwood have taken that over. Yeah. I'd take that as a personal attack at sources statistic, really, to be honest. You just pouring some cold water over that. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, Adelaide also finalised their <laughs> list and probably surprised a couple of people when they announced that um, James Borlase is going to be delisted with the understanding that uh, should he be available in the draft, they will re-rookie him. Now, all indications are that he will be. But it does leave the door slightly ajar. And we have seen this, uh, I can remember once before with Hugh Greenwood, where the Gold Coast Suns mm. were, were going to delist him and then re-rookie him and then North Melbourne swooped in. So effectively, uh, they couldn't automatically put him on their rookie list because he's already been a rookie for a year. So he had to be delisted. He then sits in the draft pool. And if he's there, Adelaide have committed to him that they will re-rookie him. But it doesn't rule out. If between now and the national draft or the, the pre-season draft, if another team were able to convince him or, or offer maybe a, a, you know, a full-time list position, that he may be lured away. But it's, it's unlikely, but it, you do leave yourself slightly open to, uh, to that opportunity. What do you think of the list changes? 0427154166. You can send us a text message. Exerbia, South Australia's premier outdoor retailer. After this, we are going to turn our attention to the Melbourne Football Club. Simon Goodwin, Gary Pert have spoken and we'll play you some of that chat next on SENSA. Good morning. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Nine minutes to seven on SENSA Breakfast. We're in studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And if you haven't heard, uh, Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. Tim Payne, not too far away. Cam Luke as well. Bix, let's turn our attention to the biggest news story of the past 24 hours in the AFL world, and that is Simon Goodwin, Gary Pert, the Melbourne Football Club. Let's get straight into it. Yeah, so let's just let me just sort of paint a picture of what's going on. So yesterday, um, Gary Lyon, sorry, Gary Lyon and Sam Edmund from SEN, they pre-recorded an interview with Gary Pert and Simon Goodwin, the Melbourne CEO and coach. That interview is just being played as we speak right now in Melbourne. We've been able to get some excerpts uh, from that interview. And it's basically from where I sit. This looks like a, a footy club that's lost control of the narrative. Last week, the Herald Sun went with some leaked documents from board meetings that talked uh, about all the ins and outs of what went on behind closed doors at the Melbourne Football Club. Um, it went against some of the, the narrative that the Melbourne Football Club had said. So there was some conflicting stories. So this now is the Melbourne Footy Club saying, we're going to get on the front foot. We're not going to cop this. And so uh, Gary Pert sat down, as I said, with Gary Lyon and, and also their senior coach, Simon Goodwin. The most interesting piece that Gary Pert started off with, I thought anyway, was talking about the culture of the Melbourne Football Club. 
and I've got to say, I've, I've been in the game now for 40 years. Our, our culture at the club, our men and women's programs, is the best I've seen in 40 years. And that's because of the people, the leadership, um, the, the clarity and strength and resilience of that culture. So these behavioural issues will be held to account by those leaders because everyone's so clear on the standards of disciplines and expectations. Mm. I, I, I think Gary Pert's a really experienced administrator. He's had success uh, numerous times, but I'm just not buying that right now. The culture is the best he's seen it in 40 years. We've had more recently a player who's uh, failed a, a WADA drug test taking uh, I know they weren't performance-enhancing drugs, but that was on the eve of a game late in the season when you're playing finals. You've had ongoing troubles with Clayton Oliver and his behavioural issues is the way the club's described it. They've had a couple of players punching on. They've had numerous things. And I'm not saying they've got a disastrous culture, but to say it's the best in 40 years, I, I just don't buy it. And to say it on the back of a whole range of things that have just gone on at the footy club. So I, I found that was strange. And and, and in a lot of ways, I, I think that, uh, you know, people will look at that and, and just say, well, this is this is a damage control interview and and question the validity of that comment. Um, Simon Goodwin spoke, and this I thought this was really interesting and really and and, uh, and gave you an insight into how he's tracking at the moment. This is on all the allegations that have been levelled at him more recently. Um, and it's been widely accused that I've got a behavioural and lifestyle that's not acceptable. Do I enjoy having a, a beer and a punt um, and a glass of wine with mates? Yeah, of course I do. I'm a, I'm a pretty straightforward type of guy, Gaz, you know that. But I live my life in a way that really is a dedicated approach to my, my career, my football club and my family. And, you know, the rumours have to stop. Um, I've had enough. And I think as an industry, we need to be better than what we are today. We're starting to really hurt people in this game too much. Mm, that, that just, that was almost a plea. The, the rumours have got to stop. Uh, I think you can write an article and you can make a point. And I think that's what the Herald Sun have been the, the masthead that have gone hardest on this. I think they've made the same point about 10 times. And what we're at, at risk of is um, losing people like Simon Goodwin from the game, losing uh, the opportunity to bring quality players and people into the coaching fraternity for the fear of, of all, the, you know, the, the scrutiny that these people are under. So uh, and my... Um, my thought on this is unless you've got something that's new or some type of factual information, run the story once and then, and then let it go. And if, unless you can back it up with something, you can't just keep hounding our coaches and players uh, with, with rumour and innuendo that is damaging to them, their families and everyone around them. And we are risking losing people. It's hard enough keeping coaches in the game right now, but if we continue to hound them, we'll lose more. Uh, the other big issue that has sort of uh, plagued the Melbourne Football Club is Clayton Oliver. The question was put to Simon Goodwin on whether they seriously considered trading him. Now, we didn't consider trading Clayton Oliver. It came up as a period of time where we were working with Clayton um, to really buy into the, the, the behaviours that we're looking for from him. Um, and it all culminated at once. 
Um, and that's why the club didn't speak for two or three days. There were these rumours going around about trade, but we were wanting to get a real clear commitment from Clayton that he was prepared to do the work, to buy into the, the standards and the behaviours and the minimum things that we were looking for, and to really want to be a part of the Melbourne Footy Club. And, and in, in the end, he, he did. He wanted to be a part of where we're going, and we're going to work with him to do that. Um, so that's why it played out that way. But we weren't in a position where we wanted to trade Clayton Oliver. Mm. So it, it appears on that case, they've been incredibly supportive of Clayton Oliver over a, a fair period of time. There's been a lot of discussion, you know, in over for over 12 months about his behaviours and and the standards that uh, that he has to uh, conform to. Uh, this was where it got interesting because Simon Goodwin was asked about Joel Smith and what's happened to him more recently with his failing of a drug test. This is how Simon Goodwin approached that. I was incredibly angry, frustrated um, to think that potentially we've got a player in round 23 on the eve of a final series, um, not doing everything possible to help the success of our footy team. And I can only imagine that same feeling would be permeating through our supporter base. And I haven't spoken to Joel. Um, I'm going to let the process play out. Why is that? Um, because I have, I've got a level of anger and frustration towards it. Um, there are the right people that are talking to, to Joel um, from a welfare perspective and, and working really closely with him around that. But where I sit right now, I've, I've got a little bit of frustration because of everything we've just been speaking about. Mm. So, um, Jared, I was surprised that, that uh, Simon Goodwin hadn't spoken to Joel. Maybe he didn't want to speak to him because of he, he mentioned that anger and frustration and Maybe he would he would say something that he uh, you know out of that sort of high emotive state that he's in. But I just found it slightly different. That the statement that Simon made about not doing everything possible. This is Joel Smith not doing everything possible to be the best they can be, and as they approach the final series, couldn't you level that same criticism at Clayton Oliver? You know they talk about his standards and hasn't been up to the the level that the other players expect. You could argue that he's not done everything possible uh, to to make his team better. Yet it appears they have embraced him and done everything possible to support him. And yet Joel Smith at the moment looks like he's out on a bit of a limb. I also find it really interesting listening to the first thing you played from Gary Pert, who spoke about the culture being the best he's ever seen in the men's and the, the women's area of the football club. And they had a good weekend because they ended up getting, I think, a million dollars from the AFL because of um, their McClellan achievements Trophy. on the field. Um, but there is a cultural issue because someone is leaking information to the Herald Sun from the Melbourne Football Club, which is being published. So the Herald Sun are essentially now being the mouthpiece for the people leaking this information and they're just doing their job by printing these stories so culturally if you have someone in an organization who is leaking this information to what looks like damage Simon Goodwin's reputation and talk about cultural issues you can't then come out and say we've got a good culture because mm. you don't you've got oh, people yeah. behind the scenes who are fighting and he might have been talking about the high performance program for mm. the men and the women but there are issues that aren't resolved and this will continue bubbling away. And I just think it's convenient sometimes. We got a text and I actually agree with this text coming in on 0427154166. It says the AFL is full of people who regurgitate the old line, nothing to see here. And I feel after having a look at the the letter or the open letter that was penned to members, there's a lot of there's just a lot of waffle about 
hey, here's the stuff which is going on and here's our thoughts on it. But then they were silent for so long during the Clayton Oliver issue and I don't know. I just, I feel it sounds a little bit convenient. I love getting your take on these things and I know we'll, we'll head to the, the news in a moment and we, we should continue this too because it's a really interesting take on Simon Goodwin with Joel Smith is 100% correct what you said, Bix. Joel Smith isn't an All-Australian. He's not a potential Brownlow medalist. And they're getting around Clayton Oliver, but then he's refusing to speak to Joel Smith. Mm. Mm. And, it doesn't make sense. Well, it doesn't. And, and once again, we don't have the full picture. And I know Simon Goodwin, he's, he's got huge care for all his players. He's, as he said, he's 100% all in on trying to give Melbourne success. Uh, but I, I just, as an outsider looking in, it did appear that that was a strange one. He hadn't spoken to Joel Smith yet. He's, you know, everyone I speak to say that, that Simon Goodwin has been Clayton Oliver's biggest ally, that everyone else had lost patience with him, but it had been Simon Goodwin that had supported him the most through this and, and is so, uh, keen to see him through and come out the other side. So yeah, just a, an interesting one. We'd love to get your take on this. You can send us a text, 0427 154 166. We're here thanks to Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. It's two minutes past seven. Good morning. Safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Five minutes past seven being a very big first hour. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Actually, Mark Bickley, um, I'm not in Studio Lumo today. I am in Hobart still, in a hotel room. Not in a bathrobe or anything like that, but um, <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm feeling good at the moment. We are back and we are ready to go. Very soon we will speak to Cam Luke about the NBL and Tim Payne about the Australian cricket team. Wanted to read out a text coming through on 0427154166. Concentrate on coaching Simon Goodwin. Twice in the finals you picked subs and didn't play them. We had another one saying, guys, are you able to find out from Port Adelaide the logic behind the Jake Pacini delisting? He was not injured in poor form. Um, or to my knowledge, problematic off the field. We also have ample free list spots. We're effectively choosing to pay him in full for a year not to play for us. Odd. Completely agree with that. From yeah, that. that's why it sort of shocked me. That, and the fact that he's got a year to go of his contract, there must be there must be some spots on the list. There's two things that can be, really. There's, there's spots on the list they've got earmarked for other people, so it might be trained on players or a different style of player that they want to bring in. Or there's something going on where... You know, once again, this is unfair, but it, something disruptive or something that's not quite right where they say, you know what, maybe elite sport's not for you. I don't know. But they're the only two reasons why you would not have someone there if they've got a year to go of their contract. Can I ask a uh, hypothetical then? So Jake Pacini coming off a knee injury um, back last season. In the preseason, he was outstanding mm-hmm. um, and he ended up trying to force his way back into the team. Now, I think he's from Western Australia. Um, for example, if they couldn't get any bites on trading him, but mm-hmm. he was keen to go back to Western Australia, could they have come to an agreement where they said, look, it's not going to work out. We couldn't move you on as part of a trade, so we'll delist you, and then another team can pick you up as a delisted free agent. Yep. So you can end up back in Western Australia. Mm-hmm. It works out for both parties. We're not going to play you. We couldn't trade you, so we'll just 
cut ties now. Yeah, it could very well be that. Um, but it's just interesting that it's gone on this long and it's a sort of last minute uh, arrangement. So, yeah, I'm just not... I'd, just wonder whether there's still something else to play out. Like I said, whether there's someone else in the wings who they think, you know what, we really could have this player on our list and, and we think this player is going to add something to us. And unfortunately for Jake, we just don't think that Jake's going to make our list better and going to play much footy this year for us in, in, the, in the, the, the ones. I have one more question for you before we get into the five things you learned. If it's okay, I'd love to listen to Simon Goodwin again talking about the uh, allegations about his personal life Mm -hmm. and how he carries himself. So if you have missed it, here's Simon Goodwin talking again about his personal issues. Um, And it's been widely accused that I've got a behavioural and lifestyle that's not acceptable. Do I enjoy having a, a beer and a punt? Um, and a glass of wine with mates. Yeah, of course I do. I'm a, I'm a pretty straightforward type of guy, Gaz, you know that. But I live my life in a way that really is a dedicated approach to my, my career, my football club and my family. And, you know, the rumours have to stop. Um, I've had enough and I think as an industry, we need to be better than what we are today. We're starting to really hurt people in this game too much. Mm. So that was a plea, really. And, and just see how that it's, it is having an impact on him. Now, all, all the, the rumour and innuendo was put to Gary Pert as well around the, the you know, what has been going on with Simon, and he said it's been fully investigated. And the one or two people where it started from all said, we haven't referred to drugs. We, we were referring to the fact that Simon was down at the Mornington Peninsula at the Sorrento Hotel with some of our senior players. Now, they were living there at the time because we were training at Casey Fields and they were having a beer and a bet on the races at times. And that's literally where it got to. Now, I've made it very clear publicly for three years and, and I presented that to the board at the time when I said I'd investigate it. Glenn Bartlett, who was the head of the board and the rest of the board, signed off on that and accepted uh, there was no further action required. There's been no new information. There's been no new people come forward. So nothing's changed in that period of time. Mm, the only follow-up question I'd have to that is... Why did you feel it was necessary to meet with Gil McLaughlin and Richard Goiter? That's effectively what's been reported that, that Gary Pert uh, and others met with the, uh, the heads of the AFL to, to discuss that. And, and so this is where I just feel that there's some uh, – the information doesn't match what's, you know, the, the level of scrutiny that's been going on. So I, I, once again, I, I think this <clears throat> raises more questions than answers. You know, it seems like a great idea. Get on the front foot, sit down and, and have an interview and, and just get it all out on the table. But some of these things just don't line up because if someone's having a beer at, and, a, and a few bets at the Sorrento Hotel, you don't feel like you have to discuss that at board level about whether we need to, whether we want to keep the coach at the club. So I just don't know. The- That's the thing that confuses me because has it been alleged that Simon Goodwin is participating in a lifestyle which isn't just having a punt and having a few beers? Because if that's not the case, then for him to come out and say, hey, I need to address the allegations about my personal life. Um, and yes, I like to have a punt and a few beers and wines. Mm. He was very careful, though, because he said with mates. And I think there's a big difference between doing it with mates or doing it with the players that mm. you coach. Because if the, if, the, the club do, if the club have an issue with the coach doing that with players, 
then I think then that's that's a valid argument if yeah. the, the club have a responsibility of doing that. But Simon said that he likes to do it with mates. Now, mm. what he does in his private life, private life, if if he's not breaking the law, then whatever. But I think there's a big difference in what's being alleged and how severe the allegations are. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I just felt as if Gary Pert was just a little bit flippant, as if you know mm. that he he minimised. I, I think the size of what it is because, as I said, very rarely do you speak at board level about contingency plans about removing the coach for having a beer. Now, I'm once again, this is where, and and uh, I'm so hesitant because Simon Goodwin is a really good friend of mine and someone I really admire. And, and you could hear, I could hear in his voice, he is fed up and it's, and it's got to the point where it's really affecting him now. So um, as I said, they, they've decided to come out on the front foot, but for me, there's, there's a lot of, questions and and you know there were some answers in there but there was more questions and answers for me and I wonder whether this just there'll be more articles written about this now and and a bigger spotlight put on it so look I'm just they're in a lose-lose situation they couldn't sit down and say nothing they've come out and said it but I'm just not sure they've addressed all the issues totally yeah, it's a good shout, Mark Bickley. What we're going to do is we're going to come back and do the five things you've learned because um, there's a lot to talk about with the Melbourne Football Club and Simon Goodwin. Your take on 0427154166. We're going for 19 degrees today. The five things you learned from the weekend. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 17 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast Morn Team Kia for Family Cars at Port Adelaide. Happy Halloween. We're taking suggestions of what Mark Bickley could dress up as for trick-or-treating. Can you please send us a text in 0427154166. Had a text in someone suggesting Brent Harvey from the North Melbourne Football <laughs> Club, which is um, pretty good. You probably wouldn't have to dress up much because you look like him. Just have to squat down a little bit. <laughs> Let's go into the five things you learned from the weekend, Bix. One, two, three, four, five. SCNSA Breakfast, top five things we've learned. Okay, let's start with the Matildas in their match. They uh, took on the Philippines. They won 8-0. Sam Kerr scored a hat-trick, as did Caitlin Ford. Uh, it was a fantastic performance. It was in Perth, so Sam Kerr did it in front of her home crowd. It was at Optus Stadium, Jared, and you would, it would have warmed your heart to see 60,000 people there sell out crowd. No, it was really good, Bix, and to have uh, a dominant performance like that for the Matildas, and you want to see them playing well on home soil and the fans get rewarded. Exactly. So um, it was a masterclass, and I was I was sitting at dinner, and the notifications kept going off on the phone that night. It was like, Adelaide United have scored. The Matildas have scored. Adelaide United <laughs> have scored. The Matildas have scored. So I, my phone ran out of battery. It was outstanding with another game still to come, and we'll catch up with Simon Hill later on this week to talk about the Matildas and the A-League men's competition too. And that's right. As you said, when, when you turn up, the atmosphere is great. Eight goals, excitement. The kids walk away just with huge mm. smiles on their face. That is exactly what the Matildas need to keep doing. Um, the Second thing I've learned is that the Redbacks, they're a classy batsman, sure. Uh, I love the work that Nathan McSweeney's done this year, uh, but unfortunately their top six just haven't been able to get it done often enough. They had a falling out in the, the second innings, all bowled out for 154. I know Jake Fraser-McGurk didn't play. He's had a hamstring injury, but he's a 21-year-old. As much as they can, they've just got to keep exposing him. Um, 
he's a he's a runner ball type guy. He he just he's a, not dissimilar to the way Travis headbats since he's had that revelation. So I hope they don't dissuade him from when he plays in the longer form of the game from still continuing mm. to score quickly. But just wonder whether like getting him back and they, they just need some more runs. The bowling stocks we've talked about, they've got plenty of them. Uh, they did a really good job in the first innings, got a little bit of tap in the second innings, but just the batsmen let the Redbacks down on the weekend, which wasn't great. Uh, the third thing I learned was the Adelaide Football Club, they got out of jail on the weekend on Sunday. They had a last gasp win in the last 90 seconds. Nev Kelly, who's been a fantastic recruit this year, she received a handball from a pack. There was players everywhere. She ran and kicked a goal from 30 metres, but it was such an important game because... It means they lock in a top two spot, which means um, uh, a home final, potentially a home grand final if the top team doesn't win their first final. If they had have lost, they would have been travelling in the first week of the final. So the top four are really tight. So you've got Melbourne, you've got Adelaide, uh, and you've got North Melbourne and Brisbane. So you've got those four teams, not a lot between them. So the difference of where that game is played is really important. Fourth thing I learned was across the weekend, the Adelaide 36ers, not quite on the weekend. It was going back a little bit, but since we spoke last, they traveled to New Zealand. And I think we, I was a bit of a doomsday. I was just thinking, looking at the draw, it's going to be really tough. They play the, the breakers in New Zealand. They've got to jump on a plane and get to Perth. That game's going to take place uh, next Saturday, I think it is. You know, lose those two games and you're in all sorts of trouble. But they actually just found a way. They were down by one point at three-quarter time. Came out strong in the last 27-14. to 14, Won by 12. DJ Vasilovic was outstanding again. Jared, 24 points for him. Isaac Humphreys, excellent again on, with 17. That last one, three of their last four. And they've really turned it around. Yep, got to beat the Wildcats and then come back and face the uh, hot Tassie Jack Jumpers on the 11th of November as well. So what's the last thing you learned, Mark Bickley? Yeah, Australia v New Zealand. The Aussies are back in form, but it was more about the game. What an absolutely ripping game it was. Uh, Australia made 388. The New Zealanders ended up getting to 383. Went down to the last ball. They needed a six to win off the last ball of the innings. Couldn't do it, but... Just an amazing run chase and an amazing uh, total set by Australia and then New Zealand. Cracking game of cricket to watch. Love it, Mark Bickley. Paramount Browns, the scrap metal people. That's our Tuesday wash-up with the five things that you learned. Our number, if you do want to get involved in the show, we would love to hear from you. 0427 It's SENSA. Good morning. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Parker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 27 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Uh, Mark Bickley, uh, I loved your wash-up there, the five things you learned from the weekend. Paramount Browns, the scrap metal people. You didn't mention Adelaide United which I'm going to mention a little bit later on because there's some interesting statistics to go through. Mm. Um, and speaking of the world game, the Ballon d'Or is currently being held as we speak. And Jude Bellingham, young player Jude Bellingham, we're talking about um, the kid who basically is taking the football world by storm at the moment. He has just picked up the Copper Trophy. Now, this is given to the best player under 21 years of age. And he's dominating at the moment. So at Real Madrid, he's played 10 games and scored 10 goals. Already played 27 games for the national team. As a 20-year-old footballer, 
he will more than likely win a uh, Ballon d'Or at some stage of his career. So um, just watch this space. I mean, it's an it's an obvious statement, but he's outstanding. <laughs> no, well, I'll keep an eye on him and an ear on him. What's his name again? Sorry, just remind me. Jude Bellingham. Jude Bellingham. I'll put that down uh, on my list of people to watch. Got him. All right, you got a text message to read out before we head to the news? Yeah, uh, things that we've learned over the weekend. Daniel says he learned Travis Head is the most important player in Australian cricket. He will be the next Australian captain. And a discussion around uh, James Borlase and whether Port Adelaide could swoop in at the 11th hour and maybe put him on their list. They'd have to do it through the national draft because Adelaide have a pick before Port Adelaide in the rookie draft. So that'll be... An interesting one to watch. Unlikely, but not impossible. Also had a text saying that Mark should go to Halloween as Graham Corns dressed in a white fur coat and leather pants and frowning a lot. So that's a very good <laughs> suggestion. Uh, Cam Luke is going to join us straight after the news at 7.30 on SEN. Good morning. Aaron Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Good morning to you. Don't forget the run home with Kimbo and the Roots from 3 o'clock and Sports Day SA with Bryce Gibbs and David Wildey. A little bit later on tonight, our nominations for who's making a difference very soon. We make a difference. Save on your everyday living expenses. If you have a nomination, send it through on the text line 0427 154 166. We did get a text in Bic saying, why are the AFL rookie rules so stupid? Borlase can't be re-rookied, but he can be delisted and picked up again. Do you have a response to that? Yeah. Because what clubs or what uh, the AFL don't want is for James Borlase just to be kept putting, being put on the rookie list, which is one year only. It gives the player no certainty. It's uh, it's less money, and it's just not fair. So he's been on there for three years because he's a cat, a cat B rookie. So he's come from a non-traditional football background, which really is a loophole. The fact that he was born in Egypt, but he really has been a a pretty traditional football type player. Um, yeah. And it just, they're trying to give some certainty. So if he goes back into the draft now, he has to be delisted. It's now, he's now eligible to be picked up by any club. But if someone takes him in the national draft, so someone suggested, why don't Port Adelaide use their, that, that end of round pick that they got, you know, pick 71, if they use that to get Borlase, if that were the case, he would have to be given a two-year contract then, which gives him some certainty and it puts him on the minimum wage which is above what the rookie wage is. So they're trying to do it to protect players from just being strung along and just being kept being put on the rookie list, which have the, the, now the rookie list is not being used for what it initially was intended for. Now you can be playing AFL games and be on the rookie list and not even be upgraded. So that's why they're trying to protect the players and give them some certainty rather than just being strung along on, on one-year deals. Let's talk NBL. The Adelaide 36 is a good win over the Breakers towards the end of last week. They turn their attention to the Wildcats in Perth this weekend. There's a there's a lot going on in the NBL at the moment, so we thought we'd go to the man who knows all about basketball, and that is our very own Cam Luke. Good morning to you, Cam. It was another interesting weekend with some mixed results, especially for the Perth Wildcats, and I get nervous talking about them because um, we uh, <laughs> we have a close connection to the Perth Wildcats Ooh. here at SEN, and I don't want to say anything bad, but they stink at the moment. They really do. Morning, boys. Morning, everybody else. They they unfortunately do for, for us and the, the SEN ownership. They had a really rough weekend, and they just haven't quite got the groove right. I know that the Red Army, who are as passionate as any fan base in the country, in any sport pretty much, 
uh, are really disappointed right now and that they central, as what traditionally happens, they central all their frustration and anger towards the head coach. And I'm not saying John really is coaching in career best form, but there's also a couple of little tweaks that I think they can probably make that can turn these things around pretty quickly. So um, it's disappointing uh, if you're a Wildcats fan. And uh, Bryce Cotton's had a really sort of sluggish start to the year, uh, mainly because, and this is this is probably the my, my main thoughts on why that he's struggling. They just haven't got anybody as a guard who can stop anyone. They don't have any defensive guards. Ty Webster, Corey Webster, not overly strong defensively. And uh, as is always the case, in particular in the NBL, if you're going to put Bryce Cotton in a defensive situation where he has to work hard, it's going to wear him down, obviously, at the other end. So, well, that's what's actually happened. Bryce Cotton has to sort of guard. You know, Nathan Sobey was incredible on Friday night when Brisbane went to Perth and had that really nice win. So I think there's a tweak or two there. I'd, I'd cut the rotation a little bit. And honestly, I'd probably maybe look to release Christian Doolittle as the import they brought in right before the season started. And if they bring in a, uh, you know, a, 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 a straight point guard, they don't have an actual straight point guard on the on the roster and look a pass first guy who's defensive minded. If they're able to find someone like that, it makes Bryce Cotton's job a hell of a lot easier and the offense will, will be able to flow a little better. So um I have suggested every time I've walked past Hutchie's office, I've sort of half said that and every single time he has said that to me, pretty much in no certain terms has told me to go away. So uh, we'll mm. see what they do. Hutchie I did see back in John really last night, which is absolutely the right call. Um, but yeah, Bix, you would know when you're struggling and the team's struggling and it's a little bit like quicksand, uh, you're sort of trying so desperately to get out of it. Sometimes it free falls and you sink a little deeper. So that's where the Wildcats are at. But the bad news for them is they take on Adelaide on Saturday night, who have become a new team in the last couple of weeks. Vasilovic has come in and it's really, really loosened them up. They're a lot more exciting. The way they played their basketball last week in New Zealand was great. So um, what they might have thought was a you know, a winnable game, and it is winnable, but uh, the Adelaide 36ers are playing a lot better basketball than they were earlier in the year. You mentioned Christian Doolittle, and um, the recruiters for the Perth Wildcats probably should have thought twice because it does what it says on the tin because his surname is Doolittle and he's not doing very much at all as a player. Um, can I ask so quickly the, 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 bad about that, the bad thing about that is, is that that's exactly what a lot of people half suggested playing cheek when they signed him, and so far it's been a yeah. little bit. Look, he did get hurt as well, so... He had that bone bruise in his knee, which is not the, the ideal way to start any season, let alone one that you've come in late for. But I, 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 at the time on, on NBL overtime, I did suggest I would have waited. I would have waited till about this time. NBA rosters make huge cuts right on the eve of the, of the season. And we did see a couple of Australians beat cup. But there's so many quality basketballers on the cusp of the NBA who were unemployed last Tuesday, last Wednesday. So I'm not saying necessarily they would have certainly ended up here. But the pool and the talent pool becomes a bit deeper at that time. So I would have waited with the talent they have on their roster as well, because they are a talented roster, to see how it sort of fell out. And had they had the same record now without Doolittle, they have got the opportunity and the, the flexibility to be able to bring a guy who fits their needs in rather than trying to make Doolittle fit in. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting time. I, I think they're too talented to be continually struggling like this for a long period of time. And I think they'll right the ship. And the good news is about the NBL is that with the extended playoffs with the wildcard games that have been added in, you're not that far away from keeping in touch with having a run later in the year. So um, it's frustrating right now and disappointing, but it's definitely not uh, the be-all and end-all. Yeah, I think the recruiters are going to be looking for their next player at Perth who's going to be called Nigel Scores Heaps of Three-Pointers or something if they wanted to go by that surname. <laughs> um, now, we're going to talk about Adelaide in a moment, Cam, but um, we did hear last week that 
Jack White, who is an NBA champion, he's an NBL champion, he was taken at number one in the G League draft. So he's not coming back to Australia. But there's a couple of other Australians that potentially could make a move back. Xavier Cooks has been guaranteed his salary from Washington. Is there an opportunity that he may come back and potentially suit up for the Sydney Kings? Or is this just a watch this space kind of thing? What's your space at the moment? My feeling is that he will end up in the NBL, back in the NBL, of course. Uh, played really well for the Boomers in the World Cup. Very similar, though, to the DJ Vasilovic conversation that uh, we had a couple of weeks ago. Sydney own the rights or have the first right or first refusal to the rights of Xavier Cooks, just like they did with Vasilovic. Now, uh, with DJ Vasilovic, it probably didn't break as cleanly as, as the Kings and Vasilovic would have liked when he went to chase his NBA dream. That's the polar opposite to Xavier Cooks. They have a great relationship still. And the fact is, if Xavier Cooks does come back to the NBL, it'll most certainly, most certainly be with the Sydney Kings because Sydney will make sure that he fits into that roster and they're able to go forward with Xavier Cooks as a King. As you said, Jack White, he, he will stay in the, in the US. I know he ended up getting that number one G League draft, but then he was traded straight to the South Bay Lakers. Um, I know Phoenix Suns. There's only three teams with two-way contracts in the NBA, as there was a couple of days ago. The Phoenix Suns, the Brooklyn Nets was two of them. I think the San Antonio Spurs might have been the third. But with Jack White, his rights are owned by Melbourne United. So identical to Vasilovic, identical to Xavier Cooks, but Jack White's rights are with Melbourne United for another two seasons. So um, if, if Jack White, as unlikely as I feel it is right now, if Jack White were to come back, he would be with Melbourne United, or at least they would have the opportunity to hold on to him. And I just don't think he let someone like Jack White go. Mm. Um, Cam, you mentioned DJ, GJ Vasilovic. Is it as simple to say as he's been the difference since coming in, or have there been other tweaks around the side? Uh, there's been a couple of other tweaks. Uh, we'll start with Vasilovic. He's just, what day is it today? It's Tuesday morning. He's just stopped icing his elbow because he's got the absolute green light from CJ Bruton and he is letting it fly. He is just letting that bill go up. And it's good to see. It's a fun DJ Vasilovic in this team because he's improved. He's got better. He spoke about the fact that he feels as good as he's ever felt. He's done a lot of hard work, a little bit of that NBA taste in the summer league. And what I'm really liking at the moment is his ability to attack off the dribble, which gives you more avenues to be an offensive you know, spark. He's very good basketballer. We've known that for a couple of years, but he's gone to a new level. So a bit of excitement thrown in there. I think probably a little more of that relaxing uh, Mitch McCarron, who I'm a huge fan of because he plays both ends. He's not necessarily a great, great spot-up shooter, but he's a great defensive guard and he can pass. I like that. We've got to give a shout-out to Isaac Humphreys. Little tweaks in the offense have allowed Isaac Humphreys in the last couple of weeks to be a lot more aggressive. When he was last in Adelaide, which was in the, I think it was the 2021 COVID season. Before he got hurt, and I'm touching wood right now because it has been a concern at times, he's a player who uh, was right there on the, sort of right in the, in the MVP conversation through the first five or six rounds. So he, his ability to be able to attack it, Jacob Wiley, who was seen before, looks more comfortable. And they're a team that right now believe in what they are doing. So sometimes you just need a little extra edge when you, when you sack an import a week out from the season and the pressure mounts. You've got to be able to get that win sooner rather than later. And Adelaide feel, well, from the outside looking in, it feels like the win they had a couple of weeks ago started to ease things up a little bit. Next thing you know, they're, they're playing a lot more freely and, and a lot more fun. They look like a team that really enjoyed that win last week in New Zealand. And there's some, some really good photos post-game of the of you know six or seven players laughing and smiling and, and, and really enjoying it, which is what you've got to be able to do in some aspects. I know it's professional sport and it's not all fun, 
But when you have wins like that, you've got to be able to enjoy them. Yep. And I think that the scenes we did see from Adelaide after that game suggest they're certainly going in the right direction. Yep, no doubt. That was a pressure valve. And it's also on the road. Great to win on the road. Uh, before we let you go, Cam, I got a text message here from Daniel. said, basketball's okay, but get to Cam talking about the NFL. That's going to have to be another conversation, mate. But we love chatting to you about all things sport. Yes. Uh, absolutely. Of course, the NFL armchair experts Monday morning on 7 May. But more importantly, ESPN tonight, 7.30, ABL overtime. And it always makes you nervous because we're starting with the Perth Wildcats and uh, Hutchie Watchers. So we'll just see how we go. But there's no doubt they are They're the topic of conversation right now. Yeah, we'll talk to you again soon, Cam. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Well, we might talk to him again soon because we might say former SEN employee Cam Luke if Hutchie gets his way for keeps bagging up the Perth Wildcats. So um, that is a watch this space as well. It is a quarter to eight on SEN SA, the run home with Kimbo on the Roach from three o'clock this afternoon. But next, it is on the mark. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! SA Breakfast will get your nominations for the good stuff after 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, you can get on the road faster. 13 27 27. We are in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Speaking to Tim Payne very soon, former Australian Test captain, and of course, part of the SEN family to talk about the Aussies at the Cricket World Cup. But, Bix, before on the mark, I reckon it's time to find out who's making a difference. See, si, Senor! See! Si. We make a difference helping members save up to 12% at hundreds of shops and restaurants. Mark Bickley, my nomination for who's making a difference is a very simple one. Let's have a listen to some of the highlights from Adelaide United's 6-0 drubbing of Melbourne City at Cooper Stadium on Sunday. And I'll tell you why they're making a difference. Nestor Irakunda! Unbelievable! He is well and truly cooking! It's it back from his compatriot. Lovely play from the Reds. Musatore makes it four. Here is Halloran driving forward. He wants to get a piece of the pie. Here is Bernardo. Falls its way in. And they make it five. Here's Halloran. Across the face. Back towards Bernardo now with a double. And what's better than five stars? Six. I don't know who was the special comments person, but they were very Mark Bickley about <laughs> them in the background going, ho, 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 <laughs> I, I loved it. it. Okay, so I wanted to tell you why um, Adelaide United's making a difference, specifically the young kids. Mm-hmm. So I call it um, Carl's Child Care Centre. Carl Viet basically is playing the kids at the moment because let's talk you through the goal scorers. So Nestor Irinkunda scores a worldie, a free kick goal that went around the world. He's 17 years of age. Bernardo comes on, assists Toure. So Bernardo is 19. 19-year-old Bernardo scores two goals himself. Mm. Then he assists 18-year-old Musa Toure, who's the youngest of the Toure brothers, to be another goal scorer for Adelaide United. Also, on the pitch, Panash Madana, who is 19, Johnny Yell, who is 18, and Giuseppe Bovellina made his debut. He's 18. They are a group of six teenagers without Luka Jovanovic playing at the moment. Mm. Um, these kids are taking over the A-Leagues and it's just so exciting to watch. 
It is. Can we go back to Giuseppe Bovolino? That's a great name. I hope he makes it big. Bovolino. Bovolino. How yeah. would you announce him? How would you welcome him onto the... This is, this is why I'm so flat, because I would have gone... Adelaide United goal scored by Nestori Hirankunda. And then I would have gone, Bernardo, <laughs> twice. And yeah. then I would have gone, Musa Toure. And then um, Giuseppe would have been, Giuseppe Bavellina. <laughs> it's magnificent. Oh, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> There you go. On Bovellinable. <laughs> yeah, Papa Giuseppe. All right, let's get into On The Mark, all right? Let's focus on you now, Mark Bickley. Here's right. On The Mark. Look at the dogs on the mark. It's not spaghetti-like on the mark. Wobbly man stuff yeah. on the mark. Every good side has a good captain. Mark Bickley. Righto, what do you got for uh, me today, Jared? I've given you no notice of these None today. Whatsoever. And this is what I'm all about. So here we go. Let's rush through these. Afghanistan has been the best news story to come out of the Cricket World Cup. Oh, that is on the mark, without doubt. And they are continuing to improve. Uh, I, you, know, you don't have to go back too far. In my lifetime, it started off Sri Lanka were battlers and minnows, and they, they moved forward to eventually capture a World Cup. Now, Afghanistan are plotting a similar path. They continue to improve, and let's hope that uh, they become you know, super competitive like some of the, the other subcontinent teams. We were just talking about in them. Adelaide United's form has shown that the A-League is a selling league. The team should always pick young Australian players over foreigners. On the mark, could not agree more. And I hope what happens is um, that Adelaide have success this year because what happens then is every other team looks at it and says, what is going on in Adelaide? We've got to do the same thing because mm-hmm. as uh, players go overseas so they and get sold overseas, that brings money back in. That money then is used to develop other younger players. It becomes a pipeline and, and young players also get the opportunity to start and play at a club which has huge history in their hometown and then go and take on the world. I love it. Sending a letter to your members saying nothing to see here when there's clearly some stuff to see here could actually backfire. Mm. I think that that members of footy clubs and all sporting organisations, that the letter from the CEO, the letter from the chairman, the letter from whoever, it's they're always carefully crafted um, by the PR guy. You know, like it's not, it's not the, it's not the CEO sitting down writing that letter. It's it's been proofed by about a hundred people, including legal. The real, the real proof will be when Melbourne run out onto the ground next year. That's all the fans care about. All they care about is their team's gone out in straight sets the last two years when they think they've got a team that's capable of playing well against anyone and maybe playing in a grand final. They didn't do that. So the redemption will come if they perform on the field, not what they say in the preseason. Adelaide Crows are now the AFLW flag favourites. Um, that's off the mark. I, st- I think Melbourne have got the the best team. I just I just look at Melbourne and the, and their their uh, athletic profile is different to Adelaide. Adelaide have a number of smaller players that are reasonably quick and they pressure and and get after the opposition. I just think Melbourne look more they they're taller. 
they're more athletic. They have more sort of marking prowess. So I feel like Melbourne are the favourites, if you had to ask me. Not that I won't be barracking feverishly for Adelaide. And Adelaide did defeat Melbourne earlier this year. So, you know, they've got the, the runs on the ball. But I, I feel like Melbourne are the team you've got to get over if you're going to win the premiership. There's more to the Jake Passini being delisted by Port Adelaide with a year to go in his contract story than as first reported. I'm not going to go either way here because I have no no side on this at it's all. Called, it's called on the mark. You have to pick one. Well, I'm going to say it's off the mark then. In the absence of, of any information, we can't speculate or pontificate about what may or may not have happened. In the end, um, we'll wait and hear from Jake and see what he's got to say. He'd be disappointed, no doubt. But it, it is unusual that players get delisted if they've got a year to go of their contract because it means that the club have to pay them for a year and they're not getting any services out of them. So it's, um, it's, it's not the norm, is it? All right, we've got to keep these ones pretty short and sharp here because we've got to head to the news. Chandler Bing was one of television's greatest characters. On the mark. Love Chandler. He was my favourite on Friends. James Borlase, as much as Adelaide has committed to redrafting him, could end up at another club via the preseason draft. I think that's off the mark. I've, 99 times out of 100, these things go the way they go. Um, the, the, the sticking point would be Port Adelaide, potentially. They're, they uh, could swoop in, but Adelaide have in the preseason draft, a pick before Port Adelaide. So that keeps them safe there. Or the rookie draft it'll be, not the preseason draft. But what Port could do is use one of their sort of late picks in the national draft and take them if they wanted him. Like I said, highly unlikely. Okay. Very quickly, Mark Bickley. All of the focus from the rugby community is on Eddie Jones, but the spotlight really needs to go on Rugby Australia and how things are going there. Well, anytime you you give someone a five-year deal and it doesn't see 12 months, there's got to be huge questions asked. And clearly it, was, um, it wasn't a unanimous decision. There were people, it sounds like there were people from within Rugby Australia who didn't like Eddie Jones. He felt like he didn't, he wasn't resourced, he wasn't fully supported. But, you know, like the main thing out of this, and this shouldn't take away, I know it's a big story here in Australia, but the World Cup final, between the All Blacks and the and South Africa was unbelievable. And the South Africans got up by one point. And it's a shame that we're all talking about Eddie Jones and not talking about what a great game that was. With just the one win this season in the AFLW with one match to go, Port Adelaide should be really disappointed with where they are at. That's on the mark. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Lauren Arnell and uh, I'd be keen to get her thoughts on it. Yes, you always talk about the progress you make and the improvement of players, but... Uh, it's more so they've been in winning positions on a number of occasions, just haven't been able to close the games out. And so one win in their second season, that would be below their expectations, I would have thought. Two more. The Port Adelaide fans who are disappointed Orazio Fantasia left because of the loyalty the club showed him have short memories because they welcomed Rioli to the club from the Eagles last season <laughs> after they tried to show him loyalty. Yeah, that's a good call. I think that's on the mark. And, and, uh, I don't think I've ever said this much, but this is a bust for the Port Adelaide list management team. Um, they brought him in knowing that he was under an injury cloud. He averaged 11 games a season for seven seasons at Essendon. 
big question mark on his fitness. He was in Adelaide for three years at Port Adelaide and played 19 games. So averaged just six games in three seasons. That's a bust. Uh, they offered him a one-year deal. Carlton offered him a two-year deal. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I would have offered a deal. To be quite honest, I might have offered a train-on position to try and prove your fitness. But um, clearly, Michael Voss, what he saw when he was at Port Adelaide with Orazio, something has impressed him, and he's shown a bit of faith. So that'll be an interesting one for Carlton fans. Last one. On the mark or off the mark, Halloween is American tradition, and we should not adopt that or anything American here in Australia. Um, that is off the mark for a start. Halloween's not American. I think it's an Irish tradition, but uh, I won't pick you up on that. I think We if, just did. <laughs> if it's fun, <clears throat> let's embrace it. And if it means that – I actually like the community aspect of it. I think we talk to our neighbours as they come through with their kids more on Halloween than we do for the rest of the year. So you get to know the people in your street. And let's let's not be party poopers. As long as the people do the right thing and don't sort of interrupt uh, the people that don't want to take part, that's fine. But if you've got kids and it gets you out walking with your kids and having a bit of fun, that's a good thing. What's is your it, address for people who want to trick-or-treat at your house? Uh, I live at Semaphore. What was your address? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to speak to Tim Payne next on SENSA. Good morning. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! On SENSA Breakfast, good morning to you. Going for partly cloudy, a top of 19 degrees today. I know you're going to give your nomination a little bit later on for the good stuff, Mark Bickley. Get on the road faster, 13.27.27. I have two very quick ones for you. One of them is former Adelaide United inaugural player, uh, Michael Valcanis, has been announced as the assistant manager to John Van Chip. Over at Ajax, I'm talking one of the biggest football teams in world sport. Wow. He's now an assistant coach over in Ajax, which is outstanding. And I think the other nomination for the good stuff should be the Afghanistan Cricket World Cup team at the moment, sitting fifth right now. And they've defeated England, Pakistan and Sri Lanka. And they have a huge match coming up against the Aussies in a few days' time. Actually, to tell us more about it, let's cross to former Test captain and one of our stable mates here at SEN. It's a bit weird that I'm sitting at Rest Point Casino having a look at Mount Wellington while I believe Tim Payne is sitting at the wonderful Salamanca Markets just chilling out and talking on the radio. Good morning to you, Tim Payne. Good morning. How are we, gents? Yeah, very well, Tim. Hey, um, what a game of cricket in the World Cup on the weekend. The Aussies taking on New Zealand. Sat up and watched yeah. it, got down to the last ball. I heard some of the comments you made about Travis Head. Remarkable to think that's his first hit in, uh, well, I think it might have been his third hit. He had two nets, but he just was clean as a whistle. And you think he's the best batsman in, in Australia right now in all three forms of the game? Yeah, I tend to agree with Jared Whateley's comments yesterday. He said he's certainly our most important player. He's, you know, the one who's who's dominant across all three formats at the moment. So, uh, but yeah, it was, it was extraordinary to watch. I'm sure all your South Australian listeners mm. would agree to, to walk in after a broken hand a month off and have two hits in the nets. It was quite extraordinary. I think he missed hit one ball in, in 70 or 80 deliveries and found the boundary at will against who are, you know, a pretty good attack too in New Zealand with Trent Bolt and uh, Henry and uh, Lockie Ferguson, even though he got injured after three overs, although I think he saw the writing on the wall, the big time, and thought, <laughs> that'll do me. 
Um, uh, he's done that a few times, to be honest. But yeah, Hetty was extraordinary. David Warner, extraordinary. And then a little lull in the middle and then a big explosion at the end. So um, yeah, we're playing decent cricket. Still think we've got some improvement in us. What did you make of, of the run chase? Because they got awfully close. Went right down to the last ball. Do we Our bowling attack, how have you rated it so far? Yeah, they're probably the concern. Um, and I wouldn't have thought we'd be saying that going into the World Cup with Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood... Uh, Zampa and a you know a handful of all-rounders that we can throw the ball, but um, I think look we've been playing on some of the smaller grounds on some of the better wickets, uh, probably barring the game we played against India that spun a little bit. There hasn't been a hell of a lot on offer for the bowlers at all, and as I said, the wickets, uh, the ground, sorry, really small, outfield's fast, so it can happen. But gee, I, I think we'd be disappointed that they got anywhere near that total, to be honest. Um, but you know, there's things to work on and. Um, you know, in the tournaments like World Cups, you don't have to be playing your best cricket the whole way through. You just have to make sure you're building slowly towards the, the business end, and we're right in the mix, which is perfect. And we know um, the quality of bowlers we've got in that team. If we have a good day, or if we have three of them and have a good day, then we're going to be very hard to beat. Payne, I'm glad we're speaking to you this morning because as a, a keeper yourself, what does this mean for Alex Carey now? We saw the squad come out for the matches um, coming up where Matthew Wade is the, the skipper of the, the T20 side there alongside Josh yeah. as being part of it. Um, so for Alex Carey, if you were in his position, what does he need to do to earn his spot back in the Australian side? Or is it as simple as he just needs to wait for Wadey or Josh Inglis to play a bad game? Uh, yeah, it's probably a bit longer than a bad game now. I think Josh Inglis, whilst I was certainly surprised at the timing of him replacing Alex, I think he's done really well. He does add a, a slightly different dynamic with the bat. He's, he's a slightly more, I guess, powerful player than, than Alex is. But uh, look, I think Kez has just got to put some performances um, back together. He, he's been in a, particularly around the T20 side, he hasn't played a lot of T20 cricket. And I actually text Tim Nielsen when I did see that he hadn't played and said, does that mean we, we get him for the strikers? <laughs> That'd be handy. Um, be good for Alex as well to get some continuity, um, play a bit more white ball cricket. But obviously, you know, he's the number one test wicket keeper. So I think a lot of the time he's still going to be playing um, away for Australia. So we probably won't see a lot of him uh, in the strikers outfit, which makes it really difficult for him actually to then break back into the 2020 side um, and, the, and the 50 over side. If you're not getting any cricket in those formats to put pressure on, it can be difficult. And, um, that's that's the hardest spot of a wicketkeeper at the moment. But all he can really do is is make it um, every opportunity he does get, whether that's through injury to Inglis or a loss of, or you know maybe in a few months' time Matthew Wade's not playing international cricket, he becomes the backup wicketkeeper uh, in the T20s. And as I said, you take your opportunities, you put pressure on, and um, and things can go your way. But yeah, I think he'd be disappointed with uh, a couple of the last. What teams in 50 over they picked and then to not be in that 2020 squad I think he'd be disappointed but it might spur him on to some even better things What about England? Can you make a rhyme or reason of how they've performed oh. at this World Cup? It's been remarkable the drop uh, Yeah it has but the last World Cup they won was four years ago um, That's a long time ago and I think you know, there's a lot of excuses coming out of England. Oh, it's the format. Oh, it's, you know, there's a bit of a split in the team. Oh, there's this, there's that. Sometimes you just got to look in the mirror and say, we're not good enough. We are not playing good enough cricket. Are we out of form or are we just not good enough? Has that team had its used by date? Um, and I think that that's a part of it. I think, you know, they upset their team balance. I spoke about it a lot in the warm-up, in the lead-up to the World Cup when they brought Ben Stokes in. 
a guy who had played no 50 over cricket for over a year, had retired, had then backed up those comments and said he's not going to be playing one day cricket. Then they select him out of nowhere. I just think it's made people in that team look over their shoulder, to be honest. I don't think there's there's been a trust and a uh, in the selection of that team and people feel completely at ease with that. I think when you pull someone out of the wilderness like that uh, and guys are dropped out of that thing, I, I think they've created a, an environment where some of them are playing for themselves a little bit. Tim, we appreciate your time this morning. As I did mention, I'm in Tasmania at the moment for the Australian Diamonds netball tonight. I've been looking around for the statue of Brent Costello, your co-host from SE Breakfast, <laughs> um, and I haven't found that yet. But is, can I ask around? I think well, I thought it would be. Is it tradition that there's a beautiful rainbow over Mount Wellington every morning? Because I've just looked oh. out the window and there's another gorgeous rainbow out there. Yeah, I wish it wasn't. It normally means there's also a bit of rain around, but. Um, no, look, it's a picturesque town, Hobart. There's no doubt about that. I just wish it was a little bit warmer, which is um, part of the reason why I'm looking over to, looking forward sorry, to getting over to Adelaide at the end of this month, get a bit of sun, and uh, makes it a little bit easier to get out of bed than the frosty cold mornings, although it does look lovely with the, uh, with the rainbow. We are looking forward to having you, and you know that uh, 28 degrees is hot in Tasmania. Wait till you get to the uh, 43 <laughs> degrees during our summer for the BBL. Yeah. So we appreciate your time, mate. Thank you so much. No worries. Look forward to catching up with you then. Tim Payne joining us there. Wonderful to have him, not just a part of the SEN family picks, but also with the Adelaide Strikers moving into the BBL. Uh, the women having another win over the weekend at home too. And then the, the women's strikers in the WBBL actually moved to their stadium series now. So they're going to be playing at Adelaide Oval against the Scorchers on the weekend, I believe. So that is going to be a celebration of women's cricket. And we will keep you up to date with the Men's World Cup, which it makes fascinating viewing because Australia, as you said, we play England. Yep. You never know what's going to happen there. Like England are, England are horrible at the moment, but they may play well against Australia and get themselves up for that. It could come down to, I never thought I'd hear myself say this, it could come down to Australia versus Afghanistan to actually see who sits in that fourth spot. And it's not a pushover. Like no. Rashid Khan and, and you know some really good players now who, who play so much more international cricket than uh, what they used to. They are they are doing very well. So that's what Australia be hoping to do. Put this to bed, smoke England, just make their uh, World Cup even worse, uh, and then yeah, continue to build. In actual fact, Australia performing much better has breathed real life into this tournament. I think there's mm. now, you know, we know India have been great. South Africa, there's a huge match coming up uh, with them. They play India in the next match. Uh, you've got Australia and, and New Zealand certainly. Uh, sort of still in that mix as well. So starting to, you know, as Tim mentioned just then, it's not a, it's a long tournament. And as you get closer to the end, that's when the action starts to happen. 13 minutes past eight. Uh, send us in a text too. A Signet Boost Power Bank will be the prize for the text of the day. Keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. If you do want to text us, our number 0427154166. It's SENSA. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 19 minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. Bix, some breaking news for you, which I'm sure you would have been all across. Um, it's a sad day for Erling Haaland and Kylian Mbappe because they have just lost out to Leo Messi, who has picked up 
his eighth Ballon d'Or, his eighth Best Player in the World Award. Congratulations. How does that sit? I'm not in a position to judge, but I would have thought uh, Erlen Hullan might have been a little bit stiff. Uh, How much, uh, where was Messi been playing before he went into Miami? Uh, Messi was uh, at PSG at Paris Saint-Germain, and then he went over to Inter Miami. So uh, Leo Messi has the most Ballon d'Ors of all time. He already had the record at seven. Now he goes to eight. So Ronaldo's second, winning it five times. So it's a pretty good achievement from Messi, and I think it does take into account, I'm pretty sure it might take into account what he's done internationally as well throughout. So he's Mm -hmm. a World Cup winning captain so uh well done but it's not about me let's get into your edition of the good stuff i like the intro jared don't talk over it it's just being wound down now that's fine that's how this this radio stuff works i'm starting to catch on jared i know you're a pro but i'm just no you just wait until the the lyrics finish <laughs> and then it just goes to instrumental music and then you talk okay i uh, will have to uh, take that on board my good stuff today i'm going to go with i'm going to sort of step away from tradition we generally try and um, lift up our own and and sort of sing the praises of south australians that are doing really well or aussies that are sort of making a a big splash on the on the world sporting scene, but I'm going to talk about a young New Zealand batsman, uh, Rachin Ravinda. If anyone watched the game on the weekend in the World Cup, he was pivotal in the run chase. He made 116 off 89 balls and struck the ball as cleanly as anyone did on on that pitch that night. He was just fabulous. It's his second century in the in the World Cup. He's only 23 years of age. He is going to be a star. He was a late entry. Um, into the the squad when uh, someone else got injured. I think it might have been Kane Williamson the, uh, was out injured. So Ravindra came in and now he's made two centuries. And there's only been, I think it was Martin Crowe and maybe Glenn Turner were the only other players that have uh, from New Zealand who have made two centuries in the one World Cup. So for a man of 23 years of age, that is a sensational performance. And we are going to keep an eye on him as he progresses through the uh, the cricketing ranks. Nice nomination, Bix Moving House user team that's easy and affordable budget car and truck rental. 13, 27, 27. We will wrap up SENSA with a couple of your text messages next. This month, get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 27 minutes past eight. Mark Bickley, before we get into our text messages 0427154166 we like to bring news and sport live as it happens to you mention that Leo Messi picked up his eighth Ballon d'Or award we should say congratulations as well to Australia's Sam Kerr who came second in the women's Ballon d'Or so she uh, has featured in the top three three years in a row Mm. Uh, she finished third in 21 and in 22 so the best women's footballer around the world has gone to Aitana Bonmati, who plays for Barcelona and won the Women's World Cup with Spain too. Can you help me and maybe some of our listeners out? Who judges the Ballon d'Or? 
It's a group of journalists. So a group of journalists get together and they all put in their voting for the best players in world football. So that's the way. So is that from all around the world? I just wonder yes. whether yep. there is it's some from sort all of, around the world. Is it ever been accused of bias? Do they try and get their own man up or their own woman up if they play in their league or that? No. So the, the journal. The journalists are picked based on FIFA's rankings, meaning one journalist from each of the top 100 ranked nations gets a vote. And then there's 30 player shortlist. Each journalist selects their top five players, mm-hmm. each ranking receiving a certain amount of votes. So, who's, uh, look, who's Australia's journalist that got a vote? Over the past couple of years, it's been Daniel Garb, who has a very good mm-hmm. connection to football. So I'm not sure if it was for this year. So let's go to the text before we wrap yeah, up. Just a quick one asking where they can hear that interview uh, with the Melbourne CEO and coach. You can go to sendap.com.au and you'll be able to see the podcast there. Another one asking if I'm going to be the gatekeeper of fun tonight at Halloween. Am I letting adults wear their team footy jumpers? No. If you're over 35, don't wear a jumper. Don't yeah, wear you your guernsey. Like of fun, mate. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to. That's why I'm glad that I'm I'm not in the same state as you because I certainly would not go to your Halloween party. Jeepers. And I reckon you'd flog heaps of people's stuff as well. It'd just be <laughs> treats for you. We are back tomorrow morning. Thanks for joining us, Bix. I'll see you tomorrow. See you later, Joe.